Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to a very special episode of What Next? Today, we have Maurice Levy, Chairman of the Supervisory Board for Publicis Group, who will talk about the constant reinvention of Publicis, the relaunch of VivaTech, his new incubator initiative, Le Escalator. And it's especially special because for many years, I had the privilege of working for Maurice, who continues to be both someone I look up to and someone who makes fun of me all the time. Welcome, Maurice. Bonjour, Richard. Great to see you and to hear you. Absolutely. Thank you again for being on the show. One of the amazing things both about you and the company is even though we are many, many decades old, it always seems to be that we are operating like a startup. And that is both in your own philosophy as well as the philosophy of the group. So I would love you to speak a little bit about your journey and the journey of Publicis. So all the people all over the world who may not have been around for it could hear a little from you. Thank you, Richard. There is uh, maybe two comments that I will do at the start. The first one is that you are speaking about what's next. I think that uh, regarding myself is what's past. I'm not really part of the future. I have been with the company for 50 years, exactly 50 years, because it was in 1971 that I started. But you're right also, and that's my second comment, is that Publicis has been always operating as a startup and reinventing itself permanently. It is still the case under the leadership of Arthur. I'm extremely pleased with uh, the way the company is reinventing itself. Could you tell us a little bit about in your 50-year past, which I still believe is very critical for what next, because if you do not understand your roots, you cannot really understand your wings. What were some of the seminal moments of reinvention? I think that if there is something which has been core to the story of Publicis and the philosophy of my management, was that change has to be a constant uh, aspect of the company. We had many, many times changed the way we were operating, the way we were serving our client, the organization, the relationship, everything. But there are some few moments which have been critical. The first one is obviously post-fire. For the people who don't know, Publicis was a very French company living in France. And in 1972, the building has been taken by a huge fire which has destroyed completely the building, the fives, uh, the campaigns which were in development, etc., etc. And this has been a moment of truth. And Marcel said it very well. Marcel is the founder of Publicis, Marcel Bussain-Blanchet. And he said, yes, the building has burned, the records have burned, everything has burned, but there are two things which have not burned our client and our people. And it's clear that the agency like Publicis is an agency of intangible assets. It's really the people who are making the agency. It's not a license. It's not a patent. It's not the computers. 
it's not uh, the architecture or uh, the balance sheet, it is clearly the people. And this is what has drove the way I was managing the company during more than 30 years, be it the agency that I have managed in France or when I was managing the group since 87. And this was a defining moment. Another defining moment is clearly when Marcel passed the baton to me. And in those days, everyone was thinking that it would be extremely difficult to have a succession plan and to have somebody else than Marcel Blusen Blanchet to run Publicis. And it has been a fantastic moment of growth, which started at this moment. And the other defining moment was clearly the globalization with a mantra which was much broader than uh, globalization, which was Viva la Différence. And what we were doing was not only recognizing the difference of the countries and the population, but inside our own operation. And it was also a celebration of diversity. And we have been very early on recognizing it was in the mid-90s that diversity was a key quality, the creativity, the dynamism, uh, the philosophy of a great company. And having all those people working together, coming from various horizons, and having the same rights, whatever was their religion, their uh, color of skin or their sexual orientation has made publicists long before those values were values celebrated everywhere. They were part of our DNA. And then after globalization, which has been an incredible journey, which uh, enriched publicists with operations like Saatchi and Saatchi, Leo Burnett, Starcom Media Vest Group, etc. We have started in the mid-2000 digitization with the acquisition of Digitas. And we went on a journey of transformation of the group which is still on. And in fact, to come back with the idea of change and transformation and the startup spirit, one of the things which I have always witnessed at Publicis is the fact that every two or three years, we were taking a new step, a new orientation. We were making a different acquisition and embarking new people. And that uh, spirit of change and spirit of openness to newness, to innovation, is something which is embedded in our values and in our way of working. Well, to a great extent, story of publicists has been a story of continuous reinvention. One of the things that about five, six years ago, you held a conference and a strange hotel in San Francisco where we were all together the carpets were particularly dirty. And you introduced the concept of power of one, which I think was also a potentially seminal moment. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yes. In fact, the industry as a whole has taken huge advantage of working in silo, as we did. And we have grown great operations, all working in silos. Media was siloed, creative agencies, uh, digital operation, name it. 
And this has worked extremely well for all our clients and for ourselves, creating value for the company, the shareholders, the people, but also has put some limits. And uh, by siloing the operations, our clients were not benefiting of what publicity could offer. We had decided at that time to do two things, maybe three. The first one was uh, to break down or tear down the silos and creating one single operation, which was that power of one. It's easier said than done because obviously there are history, there are a lot of issues, uh, there are the habits of the people, and you know that people are animal of habits. The second aspect is that we have tried to take advantage for our people by uh, cross-collaboration and cross-pollination to have people who could become experts in a lot of aspects and not only in their own lane. And last but not least, we have built that through a seminar who has brought together not only 250 or 280 of our exec, but also roughly 100 people coming from lower level. Some were youngsters who joined the group and were below 30 and joined the group only one year ago. And some others, we went through the EDC program, which was the program of development of the people who were going to reach level of running operations. And this um, melting of people, ideas, bringing all those people together, having in the room uh, the, the people from the Silicon Valley with Mark Benioff, uh, and we know what Mark became, or Sergey Brin who was uh, at that time on top of Google and all those people together to try to understand what the future will be has led to a huge transformation, which is probably well ahead of our competitors and what is really needed by our client, but big, big time. You remember the, the speech you were in the room of Mark Pritchard. You remember also the guest that we had in the room. And we decided that everything which has made the industry successful will be thrown away in order to build a different kind of company, a different kind of approach. And when you look today, you see that, uh, yes, Everyone is trying to do the same. Fortunately for us, they can't. Because to do the same, you need to have the strengths of the people behind. You need to have that uh, great will of all these people gathered in the same room with that enthusiasm, with this burning uh, belly, wanting to really change the world and change the way we are operating. It was not easy to move from um, a blueprint to building a new company. And it has taken a few years. And during those few years, we have suffered. We have suffered because we were not well organized, because people have changed role, because we were asking people to work together where much easier to just uh, work on our small world 
and to have to exchange permanently with uh, the media, with uh, the strategies, the strategists, with the digital, the digital, with the creative, and considering that there is one boss and only one boss with the client and creating the GCL, all this was not easy. And you have been part of that because you helped us building the GCL and also to create a program of training in order that they understand much broadly the need of the clients and having in mind not to sell, but to serve. And that is a huge difference. Selling creative, selling campaigns, selling media is something that we have been all trained to do, and we were expert in doing it. Serving in the best interest of the client Without taking in consideration if this will help my PNL is something that we were not used to and we had to do it. People have been brilliant. They have worked tirelessly to do it. It was not easy. Arthur brought the idea of the country model. It was already there, but in a very tiny, mild way. And he has been uh, absolutely strong on that idea. And it is one of the key things that is making publicists different. So we are different and we have built a different kind of company. And there are still more to do because uh, the world is changing at a fast pace. A few years ago, everyone was celebrating China. Today, everyone is seeing that China is taking an unfair advantage of the fact that we help China to become a very strong economic country and they are not respecting IP, they are not respecting a lot of aspects. And today, we see that for a world to be fair, for globalization to be good, we need to be fair to all the countries, to all the population, to every single country. And this is uh, something that we understood very early on at Publicis and that we will uh, accelerate in the future. I think one of the things that you've always stated, as as all the other folks at Publicis, is eventually this comes down to people, both our people and our clients. And change is eventually about people. And I think you're completely right in the fact that we've been undergoing this, particular the power of one for about six, seven years now, that we finally got our act together. But I still remember a particular line. And then I realized that you were also a copywriter. <laughs> I know what you will say. Oh, you will say no silo, no solo, no bozo. Exactly. I remember getting up one more and it was a memo from you. And it basically started with no silo, no solo, no bozo. And I first thought you just sent it to me about the no bozo. But then I realized there were other people that were sent to. <laughs> but it is truly about change, which is really important in, in a continuous reinvention. With that being said, and given that you claim that you are the history and part of the past, but you have recently, a few years ago, done something which I got to experience, which was start off with an idea which people thought you were absolutely insane because I worked with some of the people who you were working with to set up this idea. And I remember them saying, this is absolutely impossible, what he's looking to do, which was to create VivaTech. 
from scratch. Vivatech was born out of an idea which was uh, to celebrate the 90th anniversary of Publicis. And I told the team, I don't want one of these coffee table book. Uh, I don't want a video or a grand uh, festival. I want to do something different. And somebody, Marie-Claude Mayer, came with an idea. I said, okay, if you want to be daring, why don't you try to invest in 90 startups? We are a startup spirit. So show that you are true to your words and go and invest in 90 startups. And we launched a contest inside and outside publicists to select 90 startups. You have been part of the jury. You know what happened. And thinking about the celebration of those startups, said maybe we should do something that I dreamed of, which is to have a big event on startup in Paris, showing the fantastic innovation that are created around the world and bringing together companies, large corp, startups, media, combining exhibition and speakers, let's say small CES and a small Davos. First year, we did that in six months and we got 45,000 people visiting VivaTech. So VivaTech is alive, VivaTech is back, and VivaTech will again astonish the people, not only by the spirit, by the motivation, but by the innovation. There are a lot of aspects regarding clean tech, contribution to sustainable development, what's happening with the 5G and beyond, and obviously some great speakers. We had plenty of prime ministers and princes uh, from the Emirates, uh, head of states uh, from various countries. And because we could do it hybrid, does that mean in many ways more people can access Vivatech? Because in the past, they had to physically be there. Yes, uh, they had to be physically there, but uh, we will open Vivatech to millions of people. By the way, we got a reach of more than 100 million people when we organized the last VivaTech. And it was uh, something like 3 billion impression. So I expect a lot of curiosity, a lot of interest. And we are determined to make VivaTech bigger and better than ever. You haven't stopped at VivaTech. You keep doing new things. And most recently built again on, you know, what, as you have mentioned, has been built into Publicis, which is diversity and different people. You launched a new initiative called Le Escalator. Could you tell us a bit about that? Yes, this is uh, something which is private, personal, with the support of some clients and also Publicis. And the idea was fairly simple. There is a lot of underprivileged people who want to create their own startups, who have the idea, who have the talent, who have the will, who have the knowledge, but they have no access to the money and they have no access to the relationships that will help them creating this uh, formidable startup that they dream of. 
And in December, I launched L'Escalator. L'Escalator, uh, you know what it is, is a, a mechanical stair. And you can accelerate, so it's much better than the lift, because the lift, you go with the speed of the lift, while with L'Escalator, you go at your own rhythm. If you want to stop, you stop. If you want to accelerate, you accelerate. If you want to be uh, lifted, you are lifted. And we got 450 candidates. Out of them, we selected 50 candidates. And a jury of uh, 25 people have interviewed the 50 candidates. And we selected in final 20 that have started in a roughly 8,000 square feet place where they are all together with a team and mentors. Each startup has a mentor and each startup have access to experts. Expert in marketing, in finance, in business, in uh, raising capital, in uh, communication, advertising, whatever the need. And there is also some training program which are done by a business school, which are helping them to understand the legal aspect, to give them the basic on marketing, finance, etc., in order that they can be supported. And last but not least, there is uh, some 20 CEOs who are part of this operation. Among the most important ones, you have the CEO of Total, the CEO of L'Oréal, the CEO of Orange, of BNP Paribas, etc., who are coming and speaking to them. And there is also a, some funds who are there so they can help them if they need money or if uh, they are not yet ready to be supported with uh, capital infusion, they are helping them to be prepared for that and to do what is right in order to do that. So I thought that, yes, it should be great to do that. It is, uh, as you can imagine, because we are with underprivileged, it is uh, from the neighborhood which are the less favored, the poorest, and the population is mostly immigrant. So you have a sample of what that immigration can bring of positive aspect. For the time being, it's already a month that they are there, less than a month, but almost a month. I have seen them all, and they are absolutely fantastic. They are full of energy. They are very young, they are ready to learn, and it is a joy to see people who had nothing, only hope, have now in light the possibility of doing something. This shows also, to go back to what next, that having ideas or willing to do something is not a matter of age. As you know, I'm 79, and I have still one or two more ideas and you would be surprised, Richard, because uh, one of those ideas will come to fruition in the fall, and I will give you a call to tell you a little bit more about it. So it's not a matter of age, it's a matter of state of mind. And youth is also a matter of state of mind. 
you have been yourself always very young because uh, you have been a disruptor. You have always decided to go the unusual route and you have always tried to bring to the client something fresh, new and different. And everyone in our organization who want to do something different can do it. The beauty at Publicis is that there is a huge freedom for not only being yourself with um, all your attributes, but also for being different and for daring. And if there is an advice that I'm giving to all the people who are listening to us today is dare, dare, dare. You will fail sometimes. You will find people who will not listen to you. You will certainly think that, uh, yeah, maybe Maurice, maybe Arthur want us to dare, but there are maybe some roadblock in the middle, but continue to dare. You will end by winning. I could not think of a better way to end this with that particular call to arms and to recognize that you don't know where the line is until you cross it as long as it's ethical and legal and the ability to continuously reinvent. I would like to ask you one other question, which is actually two. One is you have talked about startups and continuous reinvention, but also along the way, as a result of it, we sometimes fail. Looking back, has there been a failure or two that has helped you drive some of what eventually turned out to be successes? Before answering that question, I will tell you that Marcel Bresson Blanchet, the founder of Publicis, tried many things and he failed in some. And one day he said, mm, I have built something. And when I look at the number of failures, it's not that bad. It's about the same. We always have um, accepted what we called permission for failure. If you don't give permission for failure to our people, they will not try because they will be scared of the judgment. So I had my uh, own basket of failures. Probably that the most recent and the most important one was the failure of the merger with Omnicom. But to be true, I don't know exactly if it's a real failure because maybe that the marriage would have been very good financially, but culturally, one of the two would have been killed. And I believe that for both companies, it's a good ending. And it has helped us to acquire Sapient, Sapient has been a little bit difficult to integrate, but it is a great asset. And then to move on with Epsilon, which is transforming radically the face of publicists and making publicists the most futurist agency in the world. So I consider that that failure was painful, difficult to live with at the time, difficult to read in the press that I failed, but at the end of the day, it was a good failure to have. Maurice, one of the things that you mentioned about is the positive state of mind. You've always basically been very optimistic, regardless of what happens. What drives you to this optimism? 
maybe uh, three things. First, I have been much more positive than optimist. I have a positive mind. That's my nature. So I have to thank my uh, parents, but this is in my uh, DNA. And second, I'm always looking at the good side of each difficult situation. And I take each difficult situation as a challenge. And I consider that things which are coming on our way, which are there to decelerate our trend or to block us, it's a kind of test that we have to pass and we have to find the way to jump over. And I can tell you that fortunately, we have been always finding the way to go through the difficulty, jump over and find the positive aspect. And last but not least, it's um, when you are a leader and it, it happens that uh, I have been leading uh, the French operation since 75 and then the group as a whole since 87. So I had that responsibility. And no matter what, I sleep or I don't sleep. I have to give to the teams the direction to jump over the difficulties. And it is something that I have been uh, always uh, grateful to the teams because uh, we have a fantastic crowd of people who have been always supportive, resilient, optimistic, and with a strong fighting spirit. And to go back to the notion of failure, there is a U.S. expression which is failure is not an option. I disagree. Obviously, I don't like to fail. But I think that if we want to be successful, we have to accept the risk of failure because otherwise you have people who are not going to try. And I remember the bubble burst. It is in the middle of the bubble burst that I have made the acquisition of Become 3. It is in the middle of the subprime crisis at the, the lowest point of the stock market that I acquired Resorfish. And I think that this is uh, something which shows the optimism, but more importantly, the fact that I trust our teams. I have always trusted everyone because I consider that if you don't trust the teams, there is not the slightest chance that you can get them doing what they want to do. You have to give them confidence and you have to tell them, yes, we are asking you to run as fast as uh, Usain Bolt, but with 20 kilos or 40 pounds on your shoulders. And some can do it. You've always begun with trusting. And trust has been a critical factor in the way you have operated. Is there some advice you would like to share with folks on how to earn and keep trust? Trust is not something that you can measure. You know, people who say, oh, I trust him a little. This doesn't mean anything. You have to trust the people 100%. And trust is binary. Yes or no. And the best way to trust the people is to give them a blank check of trust at the beginning, at the outset. You have to start 
with trusting the people. If they don't respond, and if your trust has been made in vain, then you can correct. But honestly, if you want to go to war, and in our business is war every day, you have to trust your companions. You have to trust your team 100% and not 80% or 25%. This doesn't mean anything. I have always worked that way. You have been at the P12. You have been uh, in the very inner circle with the Directoire Plus. And you know that I was trusting the people 100%. Maurice, is there any other things you would like to share since you have all of publicists who will be wanting to know who was this gentleman, Maurice Levy, who you might think is the past, but in many ways you are perpetually what is next? I love to think that I'm still uh, part of the next. The shareholders are deciding to make me again uh, uh, chairman of the board. And I consider that uh, my role is to be always on my toes and to bring uh, idea and support to the team. If there is something that I would like to share with everyone is uh, maybe two elements. The first one is passion. I have been always passionate about publicists, about the work, about the client, about the creative ideas, about innovation. And passionate or passion is something like trust that you don't measure. You give it all. If you're cheap with your trust or you are cheap with your passion, stay in bed at home. Don't come because what we need is the passion to change the world, to change the way we are operating, to change and make our client winning. That is um, something uh, that I really believe in and I'm still in infused by the passion. The second that I would like to give is uh, look upwards. You remember at the time we had a mantra, which was climb higher, monter plus haut. And I think that we always have to look upwards because uh, there is so much that we can see when we have our legs are really planted in the soil and our head in, uh, in the sky among the stars, looking at the stars. And I think that we have really to, to think uh, higher, to look upwards, to improve our game continuously. And the only way to do that is to look not uh, the people who are behind, but the people who are ahead, to look not the average, but to look at what is uh, the top of our competition and the best people in the world and get inspired by those people. Ellie Weissel said this particular line, which I actually first heard from your late friend, uh, Shimon Perez, which was, think higher, feel deeper, which is in many ways, this idea of looking upwards, but also having passion. You mentioned Shimon Perez. He had also another mantra, 
there is no room for small dreams. We've had the privilege of listening to Maurice Levy, who in addition to giving us some amazing insights about the roots of publicis, the continuous reinvention of publicis, the birth of VivaTech, some of his own particular endeavors, which publicis is involved in, like the escalator, has also talked about the importance of passion, trust, a positive mindset, and looking upwards. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you, Rashad. What Next, a publicist group podcast produced by Prodigious UK. 